Welcome to Action Figures, Episode 2. I'm your host, Jared Weiss. I'm Mm. here with Eric Weiss. Of relation. Of relation. You can tell people that. It's not not a coincidence. Yeah. Or, as many of you may know him as, Funkle. Yeah. This is the Hard to Kill episode. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited about this one. I I think uh, this probably started the podcast, right? This is probably one of the things that we were like, this is like... We're passionate about it. Yes. This this was the topic where it was like, could you build a podcast around this that was really about building new skills, getting outside your comfort zone? Like, could you could you build a whole idea around that? Yeah. I think you can, but you guys tell us at the end of the episode. So let's start out with Matt's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's two sucks. out of three. That's two, you baloney. get two of the three amigos. <laughs> And yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. I'm a little disappointed in him. <laughs> Every, everyone that knows him, put him on blast. Um, th- there's a Amazon wish list available where you can uh, donate money so that Matt can get a calendar. Yeah, and write these things on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I posted notes. Something. Something's Something. got to work for this guy. Dear diary. Yeah, come on, man. Write it down. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So. For many people who listen to this, you may not realize Eric and I have a very obscure, um, expensive, <laughs> useful hobby. <laughs> yeah. How, how would you describe it? Uh, like, have you ever told somebody who's like, what do you do outside of work? Yeah. And here's the problem. And I think we both struggled with this early on is that you explain to people and they just don't understand. They're like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, That sounds like, do you need that stuff? Do you like that sounds expensive? Why would you go do that? And I, I never was able to accurately describe it. The only thing I was able to ac- accurately describe was like what I got out of it. And I think that was, it was difficult. I still wrestle with it. They're like, why do you do all that stuff? I'm like, well, it makes me a better person and makes me safer and makes my family safer. And so there's two parts. And I think that's a great way to start. There's the what. Yeah. And then there's the why. Yeah. So let's start with the what and the who. And we'll come back to why at the end. Yeah, that's fair. So not going to go all the way back to the beginning, but it started with a birthday party mm-hmm. and it was a firearms training company. Not going to go all the way back to the beginning. We, we, that we, is the beginning. Well, we, <laughs> That's fine. We'll, we'll do the short version of that. All right. And it was a half. It was a day. It was a day of learn, train, have some fun, but it was all like training oriented. Yeah. Right. And like anything you do in life, if you get bit by the bug, you keep going, right? You take your first first cooking class and you're like, this is great. And then you keep going. Or you drive a car and you're like, I want to learn to drive faster. And you do anything, right? Right. We are deep, deep to the point where this is probably a a secondary profession, I think Mm. is probably a fair statement. Given the, what, are we six years in? God, I think it's longer than that. Six or seven years in. Yeah. Trained with everybody. Not everybody, but there's a few missing. But Yeah, only a few. Um, not many. Not many. Um, Short list. Tactical training. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with what this is, right, this is a lot of people go to the shooting range and they just practice. Yeah. And you look on the wall and there's classes you can take. And a lot of it's very useful foundational stuff, right? How to shoot a firearm, how to operate safely. Maybe there's a CCW class you take, right? right? It's very, very straightforward. 
And then you you keep going and you get into the 200 and the 300 level classes. And then it's, uh, okay, well, we got to take you out of the classroom. We got to go do some more advanced stuff. Yeah. Moving and shooting, all kinds of things. And it's it's really interesting industry, right? Because there's some people that are very good at it as far as training companies. We'll talk about some of them later. Mm -hmm. And then there's... Some people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about those people. What, I'm not what? here. So I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be upfront. I'm not going to disparage anybody. I don't want to disparage any training company. There's a few that I absolutely would, but I won't. <laughs> I think it's more important that you get into the mindset of it and understand like what you get out of it and how much better it makes you. And whether you train with a local guy or one of these big national companies that travels, like it doesn't matter to me. I would rather use my energy to inspire somebody to get some kind of training. Like I don't oh, care. Yeah. I don't care who you go to. Hopefully it's not somebody that's going to kill you or kill somebody like around you, but right. you know, do your vetting. Yeah. At the same time, don't overly vet. There might be some local guys in, in the state you're in, near state you're in, that can give you really good training. Don't don't discount them completely. Yeah, but do some research. Do your own research. Um, there's plenty of people in the city you live in that if you know can answer those questions. And uh, I'll you know I'll give a shout out to Fred Masterson here in Chandler. Like yeah, I I've pinged him a couple times about like hey. Which class did you like or not like? Like huge, huge benefit there. But it's about improvement, right? It's yeah. And it's funny. I I uh, was in New Hampshire for a week yeah. at the Six Hour Academy. Which, by uh, the way, if you haven't watched uh, the field trip episode on YouTube, go check it out. Uh, link link is on the Instagram page, Action Figures Podcast Instagram page. But an interesting thing happened on that visit because there's 50 people in that class. And uh, there's a father-son combo, and they got first place in their grouping because they mm. separated everybody by by your um, basically by your skill set and your training, and they they kind of created like subgroups, and a lot of it was just based off of like you know where you were in your own skill set, <coughs> and they got first place in their group. And the son comes over and goes, gosh, I'm really embarrassed. I said, why? He goes, well, I got a trophy, but you've clearly had more training than I have. I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I appreciate the thought. Two things I'll say. The first thing is, I think it's awesome that you came out to New Hampshire for a week with your dad to do something like this. So first of all, that's a really big deal. And I hope you treasure this, yeah. number one. I'm, I'm actually happy you got a trophy because I want you to keep going. Like, yes, I'd rather you get it than me. I got plaques on the wall. I got certificates like you wouldn't believe. I've got scars to prove it. Like, as long as you keep going, I would have told the kid the same thing. And here's what I said. I said, I didn't come here for a trophy. I got I came here to get better. Mm -hmm. And the only person I'm trying to be better than than was is myself Compared to yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it. That's my only real competition. And I kind of floored him. He's like, wow. And I'm like. I, yeah, that's that's a cool way to get that kid set up for success, though. Like, that's a lesson that. Yes. I'm not going to say his dad can't teach him, but he's got to hear it from a guy that's like. And a good kid. Yeah. You know, they're from yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Uh, very aw shucks. Um, yeah. He's a finance <laughs> guy, so he's got an investment banking job and a cushy desk. Yeah. And he makes a lot of money. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Good job, buddy. But, like, I told his dad. I was like, dude, I'm glad you brought him. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Keep it going. Yeah. It, 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 there was a whole bonding thing over yeah. that. But it's about improvement. That's yeah. why we do it, right? Oh, absolutely. So let, let's talk a little bit about, like, our uh, just very over the next minute, let's talk about training resumes. Like, 
list off just some of the highlights of what you've taken. Yeah. Well, and I think you you hit it right on the head. The first place we went was like probably the sketchiest way to approach it. Like we met a guy at a gun show and he's like, I got a facility out in the western part of Arizona made out of shipping containers. You're like, well, that sounds dicey. Um, and that was a good intro because we got to do a lot of different stuff. And I was like, is it for me? It was kind of like a a broad scale of like team tactics and force on force and, you know, move and shoot and communication. And there was a lot to it and it was overwhelming, but it was like, dude, I love that. So that's where I started. And I, I don't discount that company at all. I don't think they really do it anymore. So I'm not going to, not going to change call their business out. model. Yeah, they which is business model and that's fine. I got what I needed out of it. Thank goodness. Cause I really enjoyed it. But I went on to, you know, when we started that, it, it's funny you ask, cause when we started, we were like, Oh, who would you train with? Like if you could train with anybody, like who would be the guy or the yeah. gal? Like who would you go seek out? And you know, we had all these lists like, Oh, I learned from Tim Kennedy and learned from Travis Haley. Like there's guys that I really would love to go learn from. And it seems so far away. And then it was only like a few years ago that we ended up training with like all those guys. Like <laughs> we took the sheepdog response course. We took I took two Haley courses, low light and D seven. Yeah. Um. Your to your point, Fred. Fred Masson with Force Options, dude. He's got some great courses, and he's local. He's a good dude. He's a good resource. Yeah. And I'm glad you said it because it's like I go to him with all kinds of questions, and this to me is what makes a great trainer is that they're not available. Yeah. I can just I am Fred and call him and text him and be like, hey. I'm looking for this. I need help with this. Do you have anyone to recommend? Like if it's not your specialty and he's open to it. And I think that's important to picking your trainers as well too. Is like vet them, understand their background, ask a buddy. Hey, you ever trained this guy? I did the same thing to Fred. I'm like, Hey, this guy's got this course at five eleven. Is it any good? And he's like, eh, you know, I, I probably wouldn't go. And I'm like, okay, I, I could read between the lines on that one, but uh, yeah. I see what you mean. Ah, ah. So in a short, that's part of the resume. I mean, it's that's that's probably pretty much it. Those are the big ones. But let's let's talk about just the investment time wise. Oh, yeah. Six, maybe seven years in. Yeah. At our peak, I know for a fact was 80 hours a year. at peak, Yeah, it was a lot, which, you know, just for reference. Your average patrol officer trains two days a year. I know. I know. Most of which is. um classroom qualifying stuff can you shoot a pistol at 20 yards great congratulations moving on yeah square range qualify good to go i know we won't put anybody on blast but at the same time it's an opportunity yes it is a big opportunity they they just need more training they need funding to do it the end right we're very fortunate that we have careers that are sustaining enough where we can go do this as a hobby but you know there are cheaper hobbies oh my god there are a lot cheaper hobbies (laughs) I'll just that's the one thing I'll tell people like it's really important it's really awesome it is not cheap you thought golf was expensive Uh, holy crap uh, this one will drain you but we've taken it all um TCCC yeah uh the executive protection classes which we'll talk about in a minute because I think that might be the most useful as a parent so I was gonna say that to me is like uh, let's get back to that because I do want to discuss that yeah we're gonna we're talking about executive protection specifically yeah um but you know, it's interesting. A lot of people are like <laughs> kicking doors and, you know, room clearing. Like, yeah. why? Is it practical? Here's the reality. It teaches you how to communicate with a small team, mm-hmm. complex problem solving, how you react under stress. All of those Decision things. Decision making, right? planning. Oh, my gosh. The all list goes on. It goes on and on. It on. is a very valuable exercise in complex problem solving that's it in small teams oh absolutely who doesn't want that 
do you think that doesn't translate to your home or your work? Let me tell you, when I started training, like both got infinitely better. Like I even had my wife come in once and she was like, holy cow, your communication skills have just gone through the roof. Like yeah. it's real clear. It's real concise. You have a plan. Like mm-hmm. everything's gotten better. And I didn't realize it because I was like, oh, that's like something fun I do on the weekends. Like how would that affect my everyday at home or everyday at work? And then I started to realize like it directly affects it. And the, the lessons I was learning there, 100% universal, 100%. And I think if you talk to any veteran, they would tell you the same thing. That's why vets in business do so well is they have that background. That's their pedigree. They know how to work as a team in a small unit and communicate and move and get it done without any excuses, without any like headwinds or without any BS behind the arrow. They're just like, yeah. go get it done. Yeah. Done and done. And I'll <laughs> tell you like the class that, really helped me realize the potential. And I didn't know this going in with sheep dot response with Tim. That was the class where I was like, where I realized like how insanely useful it is in real life, but also just like in self discovery, right? Like to, to realize a potential you have as far as like, Getting outside your comfort zone, doing hard stuff, right? Um, let's talk about that. How did we get to Sheepdog Response? Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, we won't go into details because there's probably some stuff we probably shouldn't share. But uh, uh, we did some work with some of those guys. Um, not veterans, by the way, so don't get it twisted. But uh, we did some work with some of those guys, and we ended up getting invited as part of the volunteer group for that was helping them out with some stuff uh, in Vegas. So we got to take the Vegas one. Yeah. And I'll be honest... It's up there. It's probably not my tops. Um, at the time, it was kind of terrifying. You know, I don't know anything about combatives. I've never done, fought combatives and retrained it. So it was kind of like, oh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, huh? I know squat.dilius about that. Right. Like, I don't know anything. So that was intimidating. Um, you know, the caliber of people he brought to that class was intimidating as well, too, because Dr. Mike Simpson was there. He took a SOTEC. Yeah. Which was not for the timid. Um, and then, you know, Tim Kennedy sitting on you teaching how to shrimp is a little, a little intense. <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Not what I expected, but I got a lot of it with you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I, I learned that I do and don't like, things I'm good at, things I'm not good at, things I want to spend more time on. It was a really good intro, and to be like, here's what you don't know. Yeah. Is it something you want to spend more time on? Is it something you want to move past? And it's like, I'm not here to say I know all the training companies. I know all the stuff they teach. It's like, there's certain things that I know fit my lifestyle and fit how I want to protect myself and my family versus somebody just saying, this is the only way to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, my segue to that would be like, hey, you got to go get a lot of different training to know what works and what doesn't work. Like, oh, you yeah. cannot take one class like, I'm good. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they go train with one guy. And we got almost stuck into this, too. We were close. We were really close. We had one company we were doing a lot of training with. And it got real repetitive. Didn't learn anything new. And it just became like a game. It was like, all right, you got a new time. All right, team two almost beat team one. You're like, yeah, they're yeah. here every weekend. I'm like, yeah, okay, they're really good. But the course never changed. The scenery never changed. Tactics never changed. It was just the same. And you and I broke out. We're like, all right, well, this is good. What else is out there? Like, let's go find some other people. And everyone looked at us like we're crazy. Like, this is the place. Why would you go anywhere else? That's the hallmark to the right training company and the right trainers is when they embrace the diversity of backgrounds and instruction styles absolutely if if you are talking to an instructor and maybe this is a pre-interview thing you can call a training company and ask them but um i'll give you a couple specific examples where the instructors are saying look 
we're not saying that this is the only way to do this. Yeah. We're just saying that this is something you should try. Yeah. And experiment, apply it, give it a shot. If you find a better way, share with the group. Chris Peranto, Dave Boone Benton. Yeah. Those are the first guys uh, with Battling Tactical that I trained with where they're like, this is not the way. Yeah. This is just a way. Proven. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. But if you got a better option, and let's talk about it. Like, there were a lot of group discussions yeah. where it's like, hey, like, let's let's talk about different scenarios. And yeah. shout out to those guys. Like, that was the first time where I was like, whoa. And those guys, which if you've not seen 13 Hours, yeah, you really need to watch that movie. And by the way, a sidebar, uh, <laughs> Liam Schreiber, who plays Chris Peranto, uh, Chris Peranto is exactly that way. Oh, really? In real life. That is not the, a... The, the guy in the movie, <laughs> Liam Schreiber plays him that way. It's because he is that way. Oh, okay. The only difference between the movie version of Chris Peranto and the in real life version is height. Yeah. <laughs> the real Chris Peranto is like 5'5". Five, five. <coughs> Liam Schreiber's like 6'6". Six, I was going to say, six. he's like taller than you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Anyway, that's good to know. Those it, are his kind of funny stories. Like, go watch that movie and be like, oh, dude, that dude yeah. is that way. But if you met him in life, expect that. <laughs> but the point of the story is they were very open about, no, this this is a way. Yeah. It's not the way. Right, right. And that was um, a quick comment of what that class was. That was a custom class. High threat executive protection. Yeah. And... Let's unpack that. High threat in executive protection is two guys, maybe it's Eric and I, yeah, protecting two people having coffee. That's it. Yeah. There's no SWAT team, no Overwatch, QRF, QRF yeah. nothing. That. That's it. Yeah. Fascinating class. Well, but. and on top of that, how about kit you found on the road? <laughs> You're not Some bringing your too. own kit. Like, mm, this yeah. is like, here's what you get. You get this rusty ass 1911 and an AK <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> but the other the other class. So there were several other classes. But again, it goes back to uh, the instructor's philosophy. Uh, when I was at Sig Sauer Academy, yeah. same thing. It was two instructors with totally different backgrounds. Yeah. You got an Air Force guy who did it for 25 years, guard nuclear weapons with a Coast Guard guy. Yeah. You know, attacking narco subs. Those guys are co-teaching. Uh, Fieldcraft Survival, another great example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have Hunter, fantastic instructor. Yeah. Competition shooter. 25 in the country, I think he said. But you also have a combat veteran. Who did 150 direct action missions yeah. with some parts of the army that we can't talk about. Yeah. And so yeah. to have those guys co-teach and say, look, there's we can learn from each other. We can learn from you and you can learn from us. But yeah. there's, you know, there, there's this really wonderful balance of, hey, I've got this experience and background and I know it works because I've done it. But it's not like the final answer yeah. on anything. Well, and their, their big thing is they could pull together between the two of them, their experiences to make a cohesive story for somebody that's not from either of those backgrounds. Yeah. And there's plenty of people out there the competition shoot that don't train. Yeah. There's plenty of people that are former military that are training civilians. Like you have to find those. That's a really good matchup because it's like you're taking two very realistic things or very unrealistic things and making content out of that that somebody can absorb. Like this is directly how it applies. Because you talked about Battleline Tactical EP. When I took... 
uh, Force Option, Fred Masterson's EP course, there was a lot I pulled out of that. I was like, hey, this is all really practical for me every day. Yeah. It's not me wearing a plate carrier. It's not me being a tough guy running around my truck thinking, like, there's a gunfight going to break out at any moment. It was like, these are the skills you'll use, like, just taking your family to the grocery store. Yeah. Just taking your family down the road. Like, going somewhere, like a public place, like a movie theater or a mall, you know, which are all targets these days, sadly. But... You know, those are the things that you learn from that that are really, really, really important. So let's talk specifically about executive protection, because I think it's maybe the most practical type of instruction you can get. Absolutely. As a parent. Yeah. Maybe you're somebody listening to this where you you want to go take the classes. You want to get better. You want to do those kinds of things. But maybe you're in a relationship where that other person doesn't want to, which is fine. How do you operate in a way where you can kind of step up and be situationally aware, be safe, be focused, not distracted, but you might be, yeah, you might be in a crowded place where it's like, you're the person eyes up. Other person's got their head in their phone. We all do it. Yeah. Exec protection. Let's talk about that. I know. So one of my favorite topics, because I think it's the most practical. I think it's the best. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I, you know, I don't get it. Like, you're trying to be a bodyguard? No. You're trying to operate in a way where maybe you're the person that has the skill set and you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are not there yet. Yeah. The eye-opening experience for me was one of the very first times I took it, and it was not a full block of instruction. It was mostly uh, a scenario. Right. And you have to control... So... It was force on. It was one of the first times I'd ever done force on force. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with force on force, that's you're in a situation with role players. Um, you are carrying a real firearm, but it's been made safe, and it's got training rounds that come out of it, man marking rounds, UTM rounds. But the purpose is to get you in a situation where you're you're being shot at. You got fire. You got like it, there's a level of dynamics there that, oh, yeah. man, you think you you think you know how to operate until yeah. you have role players chasing well, you down, return fire. And I'll, I'll throw this quick little ad in there and yeah. tell you that force on force is a great equalizer. And I think anyone that trains will tell you the same thing. Like, oh, you yeah. don't know shit <laughs> until you go force on force. Yeah. And then you'll realize what falls apart really, really, really oh, fast. Yeah. Case in point, so the very first time I ever did it was a vi- abbreviated scenario, not even instruction, force on force, and I don't remember who was the principal. The principal was the person you're protecting, but I was the body man. I was the bodyguard. Yeah. And the instructions were from the instructor to the principal, hey, when, when things get crazy, I need you to try to run. Yeah. Which, by the way, is is the reaction just about every human being would have. Yeah, that, right? Like, 99% of players. Sheer panic. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Don't know what, what to do, where to go. Just run. Well, it's 50-50, right? It's that or freeze. <laughs> Arms in the air, right? Yeah, well, that, that's it, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But it was... I had to maintain control of them with my support hand because you don't want them running into gunfire gunfire or a mob or a burning building. you got to control them and return fire, but only long enough to break contact because that's it. That's one of the key tenets of executive protections. You're really just breaking contact to get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a gunfight. No one's going to win. And I ran that drill three times and... I kept letting go of the principal to get a good master grip. Oh, yeah. 
and that person's gone. That scenario two times in a row, and it was like, look, this is not about a two inch grouping. Yeah. On a sheet of paper. Yeah. This is your you're breaking contact to get to out. get to cover with the principal and that's it yeah. well apply that directly to where you go with your kids and your family right like that's yes. what you're doing like Correct. i'm not here to take down a bad guy if i had the opportunity i hope i would do it right. i don't know yet i haven't been there but the idea is to find the exit and get the hell out of there mm-hmm. like i'm not sticking around and get mixed up in any of this bullshit like i need to be gone yeah and by the way the most important things in my life are here with me i'm taking those with me so how do i do that safely and effectively yes and that's the kind of stuff you get at ep that you don't get at like these yeah, these training camps for like, I ah, shoot your rifle a thousand yards. Like, great, neat. That's probably not that common. That's the major benefit of executive protection type classes um, is learning how to manage the situation, yeah. knowing that in a group, yeah. you might be the only person with those skills. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it was planning, too. So what I took out of Fred's course when I took it, because his EP course was a little different. It was a little more, wasn't high threat environment. It was more like everyday stuff. High threat's got its place, but everyday stuff is probably a little more common for most of us regular guys, right? Us non-vets, us non-AP guys. And a lot of it came down to like details in planning, right? He was he was the first one that really instilled in me like when I plan like a work trip or a family vacation, like there's a ton of checklists that go into like what's nearby, hospital, gas station, food. Like are these places I can get to walking distance? Do I have to rent a car? Like what happens is one of my kids are sick or I need to go get something in an emergency. Like how close am I to those things? All that planning came into play because we did a live scenario with him as the principal and two other guys that I trained with. And there was there was a ton. We had a whole evening dinner. We sat down. We were like, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? What's he like to do? And you plan it all out and you're like, all right, I think we got it covered. And of course, you know, Fred being Fred, he's got some curveballs in there. So he'll teach you what you did wrong. But there was a ton that I learned more about not carrying a gun and shooting bad guys. And the crowd was like, hey, how am I going to get somewhere safe? I'm going to get out safe. What are the things I need when I get there? Like, I apply that every day. Work, travel, vacation. I do it all the time. So you you just touched on, I think, the two biggest topics that need to be there for anybody that just wants to go through life and live safely. Yeah. Before you ever get to firearms proficiency. Yeah. Which is the executive protection component around planning. Where are you going? Looking at routes. No, you know, not obsessing over it, but no, like, but you should know where's the closest hospital. Yeah. Like some basics. Is there a gas station nearby where I can get like water and food? <laughs> where are the low rent districts where you yeah. shouldn't go at night? Like yeah. some basics. Oh, absolutely. And for, for some of us that travel for business, you go to cities where you don't know those answers. Yeah. So that's a big thing is pre-planning. And I agree with you. I do that instinctively now and I get teased sometimes. And I'm like, no, Dude, I this, tease is me about, all you want. this is about being prepared. Yeah. And having options, primary, alternate, contingency, and mm-hmm. emergency. Mm-hmm. But there's also a, another component to this, and I will die on this hill, where pre-planning and research and all of that, you have to have that. But that's not enough. Yeah. Situational awareness. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's so lost these days. My God. It's not a thing. People will be so safe for things. You didn't even practice a mild amount of it. Uh, a good friend of mine reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm thinking about buying a firearm uh, because, go. you know, I got hassled at a gas station and I just don't feel safe. I was like, well, let's unpack that. Yeah. Like, 
Well, let's put the what should I buy in the parking lot for a second. <laughs> yeah. Let's come back to the core Talk of the issue. Talk to me about what was going on when you were at the gas station. Yeah. Well, I was filling up my tank and... You was know, on my phone. <laughs> I was I was on my phone, yeah. and somebody snuck up, and yeah. I was un I was I was unraveled because yeah. I didn't see him, and I didn't know what to do. I said, "Well, let me. I, I this is not an attack. Yeah, but you're gonna win every situation that you're not in. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Put your phone away. Oh my god. Put it away. But realize where you are. Yeah. And the two hours of instruction we got, and this is a fun story we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about how important situational awareness is with this story. Oh, yeah. We were in the shadiest Walmart parking lot oh, in man. Henderson, Nevada yeah. for two hours at night. And I learned more in that two hour block of instruction. Yeah. And uh, they called it advanced atmospherics and biometrics, mm-hmm. which are fancy words for situational awareness, but it's right. very specific. It's. Realize where you are and unpack that. Yeah. And start to apply some assessment criteria around that. Yeah. And that was when I was like, oh, game Uh, on. Because, uh, yeah, you can do all the research. This is the best hotel. This is the hotel you shouldn't stay at. These are the places you should go and not go. Here's the closest hospital. Um, You know, what county are you in? Mm -hmm. Where's the closest fire department? Some basics. But if you get there and you have your head in your phone. This is an incredible waste of time on the exercise. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Totally these screwed. Days, these days, that's 99% of the issue, right? Yeah. You have people that are just burying their phone when they're driving or walking or whatever. But I'm glad you steered that person right. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I would tell them. Like, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's not buy the governor of the 410 handgun <laughs> before we start figuring out, like, are you just going to blast them in the face because they snuck up on you? Or are you going to start getting smarter about where you are and what you're doing? Is that shady gas station the best time to check your phone? I get it. We're all working professionals. we got families. you got to check your phone. Maybe not standing at the pump in a shady gas station. Go drive down the police station, park in the parking lot, and check your phone. Don't do it there. For the love of God, don't do it there. So I won't, I won't let's just kind of that. cover some of the basics because I mean, the goal of this is not to, to do a class, but I think there's some basic things you can go test. Yeah. Cause I did this with somebody. Somebody was like, well, I don't understand what this is. And so I took them to, um, we were going to target anyway. And I said, we're going to sit in the target parking lot for just 15 minutes yeah. and observe. And the point of this is to assess Who's coming and going at a target yeah. and a target on a weekend. And it was a Saturday is a good it's a good baseline. Oh, yeah, because you start you have to unpack this and say, OK, we're in a target parking lot in suburbia, different than being at a target near a, a university campus. Yeah. But start to look at who's coming and going. Who are the employees? Who are the people here visiting from out of town? Yeah. Who are the the moms that live close by where like this is their regular stop? Who are the moms where maybe they borrowed the husband's car? We started to unpack this. Yeah. And there was a, a very nice maxed out BMW 7 Series next to us. Beautiful car. Um, mid-30s female gets out and kind of. You know, fumbling with trunk button leaves. There's a sticker there in the dry in the yeah. in the uh, uh, windshield that's clearly for permanent parking, but you can tell it's not her car. So the conversation with this person was, 
is that husband's car? Did she borrow it? Is her car in the, in the shop? And so it was interesting because that was a 30 second evaluation and we're looking at it going, yeah. yeah. And when we were in the Walmart parking lot, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I wouldn't, this is not a recommendation to go do this yeah. unless it, you think that it's safe to do this, but maybe here's a safe way to do it. Don't tell your significant other you're going to do it. But when they come home one day, just don't get in their car, but go look inside of their car and try to figure out, like, extrapolate out that person. Like, are there receipts in the cup holder? Yeah. Um, Something I get on a lot of people about is don't leave your your badge for where you work visible. Jesus. Yeah. Like, some basics. But, like, you can learn a lot about a person just looking inside the vehicle. I know. I know. You can, how many kids do you have? Where do they go to yeah. school? The sheepdog response team was really good about harping on that. Like, stop oh, putting yeah. stickers on your car that tell me how many kids got and what school they go to. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, that's man. like an advertisement. Come steal my kids. Like, yes. Here's here's where they are. Yes. Like, on the days Monday through Friday, seven a.m. to four. Yes. There's they're going to be right here. Yes. Like it's just crazy when you think about it. But and it's not about me. Some people I, I've heard this once or twice. Right. Well, you're being paranoid. No, being aware. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. Paranoid is everybody's out to get me. Yeah. That's false. Yeah. Aware, you start to realize how much more in control of your life you are when you are aware. Yeah. Well, and here's a prime example, right? <laughs> here's here's how I would slice it up. Paranoia is me driving around my plate carrier. <laughs> thinking that it's yeah. going down at any moment with all my guns in the car and right. being like, can't leave my car. It's not safe. Like right. kids get out. I'll, I'll walk you in. Yeah. That's paranoia. Safety first is where am I parking? How easy is it getting out of this parking lot? Yes. Where's the exit in the building? I just went in. If I had to grab my kids, can I carry both of my kids? Like, you know, we talk a lot about situational awareness and firearms, but it's like physical fitness plays a big portion of that as well too. And I think, as a whole, you have to be able to rise to meet some of those challenges. And I'm not saying you got to go to the gym six days a week. Here's the deal. We're all working dads. Like, it's not it's not feasible to be in the gym seven days a week. And I, I, will, I will argue with anybody that says you can't. If you got two kids, a wife, a job, a hobby, it's just tough. But you got to have a certain base level of fitness. And I think on a long enough timeline, when you start to look at the totality of preparedness, and this is what Mike Glover talks a lot about, he talks a lot about, can you grow your own food? Do you have enough water if you didn't have water for a week? Okay. Can you defend your house? Okay, great. Can you take your kids to the store without, you know, losing them or having them getting, you know, mixed up in something really bad? Like, I think you have to start looking at it as a, a, a full spectrum. It's no longer just about, okay, I'm going to buy a gun and carry it and I'm going to take an EP course and now I'm the guy. No, like what else are you doing in your life? I think there's a ton you have to put into it. And that is a much more important point here yeah. which is being self-sufficient oh absolutely be resilient be hard to kill yeah but be aware yeah and have a plan that's it i know that's it i know nobody's saying build a bunker but if you want to knock yourself out yeah, i won't fault you for it but it wasn't that long ago covid right oh i know and, no. and some have said, and I've heard this from uh, other trainers, right? You're set. <laughs> society is 72 hours away from anarchy. And yeah. a big part of that is just, well, if you can't find food on the shelves, yeah. COVID, right? That, Water. That was like, a trigger for a lot of people. What do you mean I can't find milk at the grocery store? I can't I find beef at the grocery store. It's like, oh, shit. Now we're getting back to where it's even getting expensive now. So it's like... Yeah, I don't know. You got to figure out the t- the 
totality of preparedness. And, you know, there's a ton of courses out there and books. You know, Clint Emerson writes great books about preparedness and situational awareness. You know, he's a former CIA spy. He's got a great, impressive resume. But I look at his books and I go, great. He's got one about surviving in the woods. Yeah. He's got one about secrets to evasion. He's got one about independence in like homesteading. That guy to me gets it. Like he's writing stuff that it's like if you buy all of his books, you're gonna be prepared for a lot of stuff. I wish he taught courses, to be honest with you. Yeah. I have him in here too, somewhere. They're back there. Have scenarios in mind. Do your research. Situational awareness for yeah. sure. But continuous improvement. Yeah. Without question. Oh yeah. And challenge yourself. Yeah. A lot of people do not put themselves, and again, um, not throwing stones here. A lot of people do not put themselves in situations deliberately to yeah. test themselves. If you're not testing yourself, you're not really growing. Yeah. And so one of the biggest takeaways from tactical training in general is you are putting yourself in situations where challenge what you've learned challenge how you execute and learn and grow from it yeah well it removes the fear of challenging an instructor too like how many times have you and i've been like i don't think that's the right choice it got us killed a couple times like <laughs> simulated kill but there's a couple times where we're like i don't think that's a good idea and we're like yeah it wasn't a good idea i should have just said something i should be like i'm not doing that this guy doesn't know what he's doing how's that utm scar is it still yeah, there it's still there i still got one on my gut right between the belt and the plate carrier yeah yeah blue on blue <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a thing you don't advance in front of the fire line, guys. That's like, like, like ever. That's, nah, it's not unless a thing. you want to scar your stomach it's, from the UTM it's, round. It's uh, not a thing. Yeah, it's well, not a thing. Yeah, there were and some hard lessons learned that day, for sure, for sure. And then you know the psychological component, right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually pumped because I'm taking uh, Haley Strategics D7 class in November. <sighs> but without giving too much away, there's a psychological component to that, right? Absolutely. Like, Tell tell everybody just a little bit about that. I mean, those that haven't looked into it, you should. Um, it's what I would consider a pretty advanced course because it's like if you if I had started with D seven, uh, I took D seven low light and D seven handgun. Uh, that would be intimidating, like real intimidating. Don't start there, yeah. Yeah, I would. I I would not start there. Like if I had just bought a firearm and made taken a course, I wouldn't go straight to Haley. <laughs> like I love the courses and what they teach, and their instructors are incredible. Their facility is incredible. It's overwhelming what you take away from that course. Like, I'm super glad I took it like way later in my training career. <laughs> but it's like it's sports medicine for firearms. Like they're out there teaching you like how your brain works and like rhythm and timing and how light affects people in their different environments and different states of mind, whether they're on alcohol or drugs. I mean, they literally dive into some of the deepest depths of these scientific studies that apply to shooting and self-defense and protection to the point where you're like, this is, would I ever need this? You're like, and you walk out and you're like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like I could use this. I could apply this. Um, take it. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's so freaking awesome. Yeah. That's, but it will make you better shoot. I mean, flat out. Like, if you don't take it, it's a, it's a huge miss. But that's different. No one else is doing that. And Haley's the only one that has that facility, those tools, those trainers. And he went and did all that research. He did a great podcast with uh, with Fred way back that that what sold me on taking a Haley course. He was talking about his son. Son was diagnosed with autism, misdiagnosed, went and saw this brain mapping guy. And you, if you get a chance to listen to the whole thing, it's very interesting. It's very incredible. But he took a lot of what was that. And he's like, well, can I apply this to shooting in self-defense and he's like yes and he did and that's what you get out of that course it's like this crazy sports medicine lab where you're like this it's like some science fiction crap and you're like no no that all actually works actually and, I, and i'm having like flashes of like 
scenes in movies where who's the dad that's that's like it's his day off and he gets cornered right and it's oh, like yeah. oh shit like yeah. John McCain John McClane comes to mind yeah but there's so many other examples of like John <laughs> if John Wick had kids yeah like, if John Wick had kids if John for Wick sure had a kid instead of a dog <laughs> <laughs> like if he had yeah You'd it's like to, that like not today that's a great a example pencil a pencil <laughs> <laughs> That is that's a perfect example. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> But here's the thing, like I guess my thing is like I'm not here to flex and be like, hey, here's all the training I've taken, look at all this money I've spent. My big thing, and this has always been my credo for a long time, is I want to inspire other dads to go out and get trained. Like yes. I just want somebody. The staggering amount of people that buy a gun and think they're good to go is flat out shocking. Yeah. And you know, we live in America. I'm glad people can own firearms. I'm glad they can buy as many as they want. I'm glad they can carry them wherever they want, at least in some states. But I, I really urge everyone, go get training. Like, one of the other eye-opening ones, we glossed over this, but Triple C. Oh, yeah. When I took it, was like, why isn't this standard fair? Like, if you own firearms and you practice with them or you go to the range or you have them in your house, there's a good chance you may get shot either by yourself, by somebody else in an accident, hopefully not, maybe in a home invasion. Like, can you stop that? Uh, I'll give you a very specific example. I took uh, TCCC, but they call it SOTEC, yeah. Spectrum of Tactical Medicine. I think it's the official class, but this was taught by uh, Dr. Mike Simpson. This was when he was still doing that class attached to Sheepdog. And I took it in Las Vegas. And I want to say a third of the class is about 50 people were uh, Las Vegas Metro PD, Vegas Fire. You know, it, it was a heavy contingent of first responders, as it should be. And the conversation came into, like, how often would you apply this? Because, you know, we're not operators in Afghanistan. So how practical is this? Because, you know, a good chunk of uh, Vegas Metro PD has not been in a gunfight. And, and that's not an attack. It's just like, hey, it's it's Vegas. They're yeah. they're pretty safe. Like they they run a tight well, ship. It's a police department, right? right? They're not out there just kicking doors and right. doing goofy shit for fun. And uh, one of the deputies raises his hand. He says, "Hey, actually, my partner did this. Uh, his canine got I don't I don't remember the exact situation, but they were they were serving a warrant, and the dog." got nicked by something. It was not gunfire. It was, was just going like through a window or something. Going through maybe? a window or something. But dogs started bleeding out. They had to apply the tourniquet, save the dog's life. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So uh the other example came up, same class. Motorcycle yeah. accidents. Yeah. Right. So you, you get yeah. into it and you go, car accidents. There's Hiking. a lot more applications to this yeah. than a lot of people realize. Hiking. I mean I'm an outdoorsy guy. I like go camping all the time. Like, yeah, I definitely carry an effect now. I'm shocked for how many years I went out and didn't have anything. What if a freaking tree lands on my leg and snaps it in half? Can I stop the bleeding? The answer a long time ago was no. Like, and that's why, like, a buddy of mine reached out a while back. He had just bought his first couple of guns. You know, it was during the COVID times and a lot of the rioting. So he's like, I'm going to go buy some guns. I'm like, good idea. Uh, and then he's like, oh, you know, I did a Zoom with him. I did, like, a virtual, like, 101 course oh, with dang. him. Just to make sure he didn't shoot himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professional trainer by any stretch, but I'm like, I'm going to teach you the basics so you don't hurt yourself or any of your family because that's counterproductive to owning a firearm. Like, please, for the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> and so I sent him Sam X teammate to stop the bleed kit. Oh. Which, you know, it had some of the basics in it. It has instructions. I'm like, hey, buy two of these. Keep one in your car. Keep one in your range bag. Like, just even if you don't know how to use it. 
somebody nearby might or have a few seconds to read the instructions. Like, okay, this is what you do, hopefully. And I was like, just carry these. He bought two of them. And I'm like, thank God. Nice. But it's like now that's part of my curriculum that I'm like pushing to my friends that ask for help. I'm like, here's what like this is what you won't hear when you go to the gun store. And like, ah, you got to buy a Glock 19. You got it six mags. Like they never say should probably get a stop the bleed kit because accidents happen and that's not just firearms that's everyday life so i i would love to perpetuate that more often wish i had more chances to i think there's a a couple of major takeaways right the first one is you need to be thinking about training at least twice as much as what you own right like be safe at home for sure but think about And I'll pick on um, the CCW classes, right? Right. A lot of people think that that is that's some sort of level of instruction, and it's not. It's the bare minimum. Should you take it? Sure. Absolutely. It's a good way to get a permit in a place where you think that uh, in places where you need that. But it's a good way to level set on what are the current laws. Is that any sort of level of uh, foundational knowledge? Absolutely not enough. No. Comical. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's flat out hilarious. And here's the thing is like, I'll segue that into like, be a better community, be a better steward of the firearms community. Like when you go on social media as a prime example, so toxic, like props to Mike Glover for separating himself from all that. Just being like, I'm doing my own thing and it's about totality of preparedness. And I'm props to him. Lean on people, you know, and trust to help you navigate those waters. Like, even if it's me, you send me a DM on Instagram. I will answer. I will help you. Like, if you know me, call me. I will help you. I'm not going to judge you on like what firearm you bought or where you live or who you train with. Like, I don't care. I just want you to go get trained and I want to help you. I want to give you the tools to at least get somewhere. And we have, we all have to be better stewards of that. Like, I don't want anyone putting anyone on blast. by like, oh, you train with that company? That guy's a joke. And I think some of the people, like, there are some good resources out there. Like Mike from Assault Dynamics. No, oh, it's yeah. knockout lights, right? Yeah. That dude is the guy to follow on social media. Yeah. Like, he answers questions. He does great live streams. He is a super good steward. He doesn't get wrapped up in the infighting of this trainer versus this guy. And this guy doesn't like this guy. Like, ignore all that crap. Like, yeah. focus on the fact that it's going to make you a better person and follow the people that are going to help you be better. Like, same thing with picking training partners, right? Does your training partner really want to get better or are they there just to get some certificate and some selfie with some guy? No. Or are they just saying, oh, I took that course and they actually apply it? No. So that's my little plug about like be a good steward of the industry. If you really want to help, like I'll help you. I'm not an expert. I'm not the end all be all. But if you have a question, you think it's stupid. I'll answer it. Yeah. Because I was that guy. I had stupid questions. I'm like, well, what happens if like, all right, let's go down that rabbit hole. Right. Being an owner is not enough. Yeah. You need to wake up every day with the mindset of, I want to get better. I'm going to commit the time, the money, and the effort to get better. That is the big piece of it. Do your research. Reach out to people in your community. Reach out to people that have taken some of these classes. And, and uh, figure out what you want to do. Not everybody needs to go kick a door, but it is super fun. Oh, yeah, highly recommend but know that like it, it is a very wonderful place to be to realize that you are far more self-sufficient yeah. than most of the people in your neighborhood. And I'm not knocking the general population. A lot of people are like, if I need help, I'll call help. Yeah. The reality is 
Maybe help's not always available. It might be up to you. And this is not a firearms comment. This is a awareness, preparedness, critical thinking, situational. Yeah. Like you, it's just how you think about the world. Is you just need to have your eyes open. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because the joke that people always make when I talk about it is they're always like, "Well, I'm coming to your house." I'm like, "You came in here? No, can't. Sorry, I got my own little situation to worry about. And if you think I have enough food for you and your family." Sorry, friend, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, what, like, what do you bring to the table? Yeah. So now I'm in this whole like, well, you should start stockpiling some guns and some <laughs> no, food and some water. I'm like, I'm trying to get people to start taking ownership of their own preparedness right. as opposed to, oh, I'm just coming to your house. And it's a fun joke to make. Everyone makes it. I get it. It's like when neighbors mowing his lawn, I'm like, you doing mine next? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you got to make the joke. I get it. I get it. Thanks, Dad. But that is the most important point, and we'll close with this, right, is... It is a worldview. It's a philosophy. Yeah. You are responsible for your own safety, security, and well-being. Yeah. No one else is responsible for that. Absolutely. If you think that's a number you can call, you are mistaken. Yeah. Let's rewind. Two years. Riots. Major cities. Cops like, can't come. Yeah. Can't come. That was that was their response. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Like, could you imagine living in a city? Like, that was part of the time where I was like, I'm so glad that I spent time, like, thinking about this and preparing for it. Cause it's like, it wasn't happening in my community directly, but it's like to put yourself for a few minutes in someone else's shoes. Like I had people that lived in Minnesota. I work with those people. And I was like, what's going on? I'm like, I'll oh, just locked in. Hope nothing bad happens to my house. I'm like, wow. Like, what if it did? Like, do you know what you're grabbing? You know where you're going? Do you have enough? If like, it gets really ugly and the police can't come for a couple of days. Like it just, it hit hard. And it's like, if no one saw that and saw that as a wake up call to be like, go spend some time thinking about this. Like, here's me telling you, you should spend some time thinking about it. Have a plan of attack. Mindset. Take action. Yeah, always. Always. Action.